Welcome to The Truth in His Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I have the privilege of speaking with the Director of Marketing and Communications for the American Craft Council. Please welcome Kiona Tramby. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rob. So excited to be here. Excited to have you here. Um, and, and I'm glad. I mean, you're you're doing great things. I mean, marketing and communications, that's something that's in my wheelhouse. I like talking to people who are in that that uh, that lane. And um, I I did the I did the cut and paste intro, right? And I wanna really allow you to describe and introduce yourself and tell us how your work with and supporting artists really what that looks like. Yeah, thank you. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications at the American Craft Council. We're a national nonprofit and our mission is to support the craft field and its artists. We've been around for over 80 years with our publication. We just celebrated our 80th anniversary of that. And we also have had a in-person marketplace event at the Baltimore Convention Center for 45 years. Oh, wow. We used to be based out of New York City. Um, we have a library that traveled with us when we relocated to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it's one of the only craft libraries available both in person at our um, space in Minneapolis, but also we have a digital archive. So it's an amazing resource for educators and students. Um, and then we have a lot of exciting opportunities that I'll talk more about later in this podcast for artists. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so with that, let's let's talk about the the mission and really what drew you to I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to uh, really be short and brief with it with the ACC because we live in a world of acronyms, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what was what about the mission? What is what is the mission from from for you to paraphrase it, if you will? And what really drew you to that mission? Yeah, so our mission, um, as I said, is to amplify the field of craft. We kind of say it as the public voice for craft. We do that through our magazine um, and our digital content now that has been rapidly expanding through the pandemic as that's where we were able to meet with people um, in the last two years. We also are about preserving the history of craft. Like I said, we have our public library and our digital archives, and it's really a mission of ours to give awards, to have archives on artists in the craft field, and to provide resources for educators and students to make sure that those amazing techniques of craft are preserved and carried on, um, and that we're honoring those in the field. We also are embedded in creative economies, which is what we're here to talk about today, which is our marketplace events. And we've also pivoted through the pandemic to provide online opportunities now, in addition to our in-person marketplaces. Um, and then we're also about bringing community to, um, to the different cities we show up in with our in-person events, but now also to our national audience that we serve online. So, so what what drew you there? Was it like you you had a background in crafts? You you really appreciate like, like for instance, um, 
when you when you say preservation, that's something that really really gets my attention because mm -hmm. um, I, I did some work here with the Baltimore Museum of Industry, and upon checking out the museum, looking at um, different industries that were here, you know, before I was born, or even you know when I was a kid, and that aren't here anymore, and it's like wow, like part of our identity is no longer here. So preserving history and preserving legacy and preserving how things are done is is really important um, to me and. Uh, so I kind of think about that when you were describing some of that preservation when it comes to craft, how things are done and certain techniques and things of that nature. So, so what drew you to, to working with um, the American Craft Council? Yeah, so I think we all have our own connections, if you just said your connection to craft. Mine would definitely be the artists themselves, the entrepreneurial part of our craft artists. I myself was an entrepreneur. I went to college for entrepreneurship. I started my own business in college that carried me forward through the beginning of my career that actually helped handmade clothing artists sell their work from all over the world. And I've just always been really passionate about helping give opportunities through my business sense. Yeah. to the creative people in this world that make it such an interesting place to be. Um, so that's definitely what attracted me to the organization personally. That's that's great. And uh, I think about it in working within the, the arts community here and really being an outsider, but a person that appreciates arts and maybe being an artist. I don't know, the, the podcasting has a really weird uh, view, but I know what I contribute in trying to help you know, artists and facilitate them telling their story. So, you know, that's where I'm at in facilitating businesses telling their stories as well. So, you know, that's that's really what's important to me and what what I think I contribute to to the different cultures and the different lanes. Um, so the American Craft Council, so American Craft Made Marketplace is coming up in Baltimore. So, so tell me about the event and how valuable in-person events, events are for artists, because Obviously, things have changed. I, I know here locally, um, we we have our um, artscape that's kind of maybe changing what that layout looks like. And a lot of makers, a lot of people with uh, craft backgrounds, that's that's their kind of golden time to, to, to sell some of their wares. So tell me how important um, uh, in-person events are for artists. Yeah, that's a great question. Our artists really rely on these in-person events for the bulk of their income to pay their mortgages, to pay their bills, to feed their families. And it was detrimental when we had to stop doing our in-person events through the pandemic. We really saw firsthand the effects it had on our artists. And it was, it was honestly heartbreaking. We had to actually stop our show in Atlanta right as it was about to start. And we were in person on the floor in the space with the artists and we had real conversations with them about what this meant and the uncertainties that it was going to bring to their lives and we've done our best to try to provide as i said online resources for them to continue to sell their work but a lot of our artists just didn't have that business model they just sold in person they didn't have a website established they didn't have e-commerce they didn't have the time or the skills or the resources to pivot as quickly as they needed to to keep up. So our um, online resources have been helpful, but I think there's still a lot that, you know, our society as a whole needs to do to support our artists. Um, and we're really happy that the in-person events are returning. They're yeah. able to come back in person, meet with their buyers face to face, which I think is so important. Craft is so tangible, right? Yeah. You need to feel the objects, see the objects in person to really get the scale of what the object is to 
hear the story of the artist. That's really why you're connected to these pieces, right? You want to hear about how they were made, what materials they use, what goes into the process. Um, and it's harder to do that online. It's harder to tell that story. It's harder to have that connection with not only the piece, but the artist. So that's why we're really excited. We're able to convene again in person. Um, we're also excited that we have this new resource for our artists, this online component that we want to have continuing forward running conjunction with in-person. That's fantastic. And uh, I, I echo that. Um, I did a lot of online shopping just for uh, <laughs> just, you know, just to, it's, it's easier, what have you. But then um, going there to some of the local shops and especially during this time and buying local and really being invested in buying local um, because it helps people that, you know, it helps people that mm -hmm. you see. Um, and I was like, oh, I appreciate this differently. Oh, I can feel this hat. Notice the craftsmanship that goes into it, the work that goes into that versus let me just order something from lids and just just have it shipped to me uh so it's it's a different appreciation and you can kind of tell when the workmanship isn't quite there which you you know may send stuff back if you just buy it online and that's a whole thing especially with the mail and supply chain and all of that stuff so you know being able to buy locally at a at a uh, at a fair at a at a council it's it, it, something along those lines where folks are around at a marketplace mm -hmm. you're able to really connect with the person and have a meaningful conversation and learn the story behind it learn the techniques behind it and you you really kind of can steal a little bit I like to say steal you get this you get to steal some of their ideas a little bit of like hey so how did you do this really <laughs> this is what I should be looking for now great now I know how to buy good stuff now thanks to you <laughs> yeah I like to say inspired rather than steal but still works too <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be edgy here you gotta be edgy but yes and being inspired and you can learn something and I think those those personal interactions um we're we're as humans I think we are very um communicative we we need to be social and that's just another one of those components that gets missed yeah I totally agree and the community for our artists is so important. Absolutely. So the American Craft Council is accepting applications for its online directory and the 2023 um, Craft Made uh, Marketplace in Baltimore. What is that application process like for artists and what can they expect when, if they apply? Yeah, so online is how they apply. They are asked to provide images of their work. Um, they're asked to tell the story of how their work is made and present a bio about themselves. Um, we jury the applications for Baltimore, so we work with outside jurors that we pay and hire to give a score of their work. Um, we try to work with you know, diverse communities to score and bring in new artists. We also work with educators um, and artists themselves. So those are the types of people that will be reviewing the work. Sure. Um, for the online directory, it's a little bit different. Um, we're just starting this out. It's a pilot program. We've had success already online with our craft week events, but this is our first opportunity for 24 seven, 365 exposure, this online directory. And the staff is gonna be um, kind of curating the artists that will be brought into that online directory. Um, and that's also an online application. Similar, they just provide bios and photos of their work. Um, and we're really looking for artists that have only handmade 
So your work has to be made by yourself or in a small production that you oversee directly. Mm -hmm. um, and we really pay attention to the materials used. We have pretty strict guidelines on materials and we don't want endangered species being used or, you know, we're really finding that that's really important important to our artists to make sure that they're sourcing their materials appropriately. Um, and all those guidelines can be found on our website at craftcouncil.org. We have a full prospectus of um, guidelines and deadlines and different questions they might have are addressed there. That's great. One-stop shopping to get that information to get that, get that support because that's, that's what I'm hearing. And um, creators create and um, having a, a resource that is able to support and help move that along is is big um and i always go back to the first episode of this podcast that i had and i, I had a creator and had an artist on he was he was a dj but you know he's in the art scene and, and he was just like yeah a lot of times we're too busy creating we don't really have our stuff together but when there's resources and support like like the acc out there it's it's, it's big it's big and it, uh, it's like definitely get on there get on there get some support yeah, that's what we're all about as a nonprofit is bringing that extra layer of support for artists. We help them with uploading products. We have direct support with if they have questions about images. Um, and we have a social media mentor program we do in person at our event for our artists. So those artists that aren't familiar with how to use social media, they don't have an account, they don't know how to hashtag things, it's a little overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, we actually have one-on-one -on -one free sessions for our artists to learn about social media. And um, all of those things are made possible through donations and membership of our organization. And it's really important for us to provide that support for artists, which is a lot different than some of the for-profit shows out there and different resources um, that they might be familiar with. So it's, it, yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, definitely folks take advantage of everything that's out there. Uh, I was on the this this call this past Saturday uh, from like a, it was like a lawyer, but he works specifically with creatives and he was talking purely about contract law and grant law and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm learning a lot. And I've taken a few business law classes or what have you. And I was like, oh, this is different for creatives. I was like, ah, so I can just put whatever I want in the contract? Great. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not a lawyer, but they're always good to speak with. And those resources are also extremely helpful. Absolutely. Uh, so I got I got a couple more real questions. And then I have some more rapid fire or as I like to call them, random fire questions. But yeah, they'll be fun. Um, <laughs> so it's my understanding that your background includes um, starting a print magazine, which led to your to working with fashion designers, photographers and models. Is that true? And if so, uh, could you share more about that experience and how it may contribute to your current work with the ACC? Yes, that's true. I started a brand called Pink Bow City, as I mentioned, when I was in college still going to school for entrepreneurship. My original idea was actually to start a fashion truck, which doesn't sound like that nominal of an idea <laughs> um, now, but you know, over 10 years ago, that wasn't something that was the norm, especially in the Midwest. I soon realized I don't want to, you know, do business out of a truck. So I pivoted to do online. I built a website and I did drop shipping again before it was super common, um, where I would sell artists work on my website. They would get 
um, a portion of the sale and I'd get a, a commission of the sale. They would ship everything directly. Um, and I would do all of their marketing. And part of the marketing ideas I had was starting a print publication. So my print magazine ran for over eight years. It was distributed um, in small boutiques, online and across the world, actually, it was available. Um, and it was focused in kind of pinup aesthetic is how it all kind of came together. And I loved working with the handmade clothing designers. That was definitely my passion. The artists are absolutely incredible. The amount of care and time that goes into making their clothing um, is just incredible. And I loved being able to educate people on why they should invest in more sustainable practices of handmade clothing, why it's important to invest and spend more on a few good pieces that you wear all the time versus fast fashion where you're buying items you wear once or twice and then hopefully donate or maybe throw away. Um, so I got really um, interested in not only the sustainability aspect, but also the personal connection um, to the, the people that are able to live their dreams and able to create a business. Um, a lot of them were mothers, single mothers, some of them. And it was just so inspiring to see them support themselves through their dreams. That's, that's great. That's great. And, uh, I love to hear it. I love to hear, um, connecting those, those, those passions, those things that are of interest. Um, I've had a few makers that, uh, their background is in sustainable fashion that have been on this podcast. And, uh, yeah, it's always interesting to learn about it. And, you know, again, it goes back to the thing I joked about earlier of you get some illuminations, if you will, you get inspired with how people go about their business, especially in fashion and, I mean, I look back at the oldest article of clothing that I have, and I'll never throw it away. It's um, a, a shirt that I got in high school, and it is a 24-year-old T-shirt, and it still fits. It's still great. It still kind of looks the same, and it, it. But for the most part, I don't have anything that's like over three or four years old. So I've tried to make more of a concerted effort recently to buy higher quality stuff, echoing, you know, what I touched on earlier of kind of knowing the quality of what you're getting and buying some really nice quality pieces as you touched on and um you know that kind of being what you're doing and then the other things you know basically it's not spending a bunch of money reducing waste because there's a lot of collateral issues that happen with the way that we buy things and the way that we purchase mm -hmm. items you know it's not the best thing you know in terms of like um how things are shipped and you know for the environment and all of that stuff things aren't sustainable the way that we do it with fast fast fashion that's a tongue twister um <laughs> So yeah, being more sustainable and I think buying hyper locally and, and buying from people who are makers, you get a better quality item and you're actually supporting a micro entrepreneur who's who's going to appreciate it more than that that large uh, Zahn company. Completely, yeah. <laughs> and not only do we work with handmade clothing artists at the American Craft Made events, you'll see handmade clothing, but we also have jewelry artists, mm -hmm. we have ceramic artists, um, metalsmiths, woodworkers. So that's what's really fun about working at the American Craft Council is being able to be exposed to all of the different types of amazing handmade craft. Yes, love love the, the one stop shopping or what have you, and I I I shop for diverse people, and I'm so I'll put it this way, I'll, I'll reveal this detail. I uh, I shop all year for people for the holidays, so you know going to like the marketplace, going to a fair, mm -hmm. going it's like yeah, I got this back in June. It's like what? 
I got this back in May. I'm like, excuse <laughs> me? And it's like, yeah, you got this during the summer and held on to it. And it's something really unique and cool. And it's like something you'll find there at the marketplace. So it's really great. Yeah, that's how you should be shopping. I mean, it should be meaningful, the gifts yeah. that you're giving. And when something makes you think of someone, that's the best time to buy it. Not two weeks before their birthday when you, <laughs> you know, need to order something online quickly. Yeah, when you're in panic mode, like, oh, snap, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I got one last real question for you before I get into those 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 rapid fire ones. Uh, one of the many things, and we touched on it, um, one of the many things that ACC does is support uh, creative entrepreneurship. So I want to get this this feedback from you. What is your favorite metaphor for describing entrepreneurship? Ooh, that's a tough one. Honestly, I've had my ups and downs with being an entrepreneur, seeing other entrepreneurs. So I'm going to say a really cliche one, which is probably a roller coaster, is my metaphor for my experience with entrepreneurship. I think there's extreme highs and so many things to be proud of when you're an entrepreneur. There's those, you know, wow, I'm featured in a print magazine day and all of those, you know, days you get sales. But there's also those really low lows that you have to remember um, exist. It's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies as an entrepreneur. It's not? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> There's going to be times you can't pay your bills. There's going to be times you're like, why am I doing this? Um, and yeah, I think honestly, if I'm being real, that's what I can think of. <laughs> we, we, we only want the realness here. So I, I appreciate that. And um, so with that, that's, that's the end of the real, real questions. And I got about about four four rapid fire ones for you okay i'm ready all right i mean some people say these are dangerous some people get scared some people it's like look man i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm a peace out i'm gonna see you next time i appreciate the opportunity but i'm gonna i'm gonna leave <laughs> i'm gonna gracefully bow out <laughs> if i have internet connection issues you know <laughs> uh-huh right. reason all right kt i hear you i hear you over there <laughs> um all right so here's the first one then three words or less uh, what makes the ACC brand successful? Like the, the brand of doing business, how you guys operate, what makes it successful? They don't have to be like a three word sentence, but just three, three words that come to mind. The artists. Okay. Uh, what is that one word? And I'm, they're not all word related questions, by the way. <laughs> what is that one word that you believe to be the most powerful in the English language? Love. You know, I've heard love a few times. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, because I like to live vicariously through people. What is the best country you've visited? I have to say Germany. It's one of the only other ones I've been to. So Germany. Anything that stands out about Germany for you? The arts, honestly, it has an amazing arts community. I was in Berlin and I got to see the graffiti walls that they have and support artists that way. They have amazing grants and resources to live as an artist there. Um, so yeah, Germany. Great. That's great. Now here's the last one. People have gotten stumped by this one. I think we might. I think we might break that streak. Uh, which historical figure do you most identify with? That is a stump question, <laughs> isn't it? You did that on purpose. I did. Um, I did. I would have to say Amelia Earhart. Oh, okay. I am not nearly as great as she is, but she's definitely someone I would aspire to be just fearless, doesn't care what her gender is and what implications that has and just goes for the moon and wishes for the best. Love to hear it. I, I love that. Um, so with that, 
Uh, I, I want to, um, one, thank you for being on this podcast. And thank two, you for having me. <laughs> absolutely. And, and two, um, I want to encourage and invite you to highlight anything you feel like we've missed and um, tell the fine folks where to check everything out, all the social media, all the websites, anything that you want to share. The floor is, well, digital floor is yours. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Please go to our website craftcouncil.org. Um, if you're an artist, we encourage you to apply for our in-person event in Baltimore, um, but also for our online directory that we're launching this summer. Um, you'll be able to have a profile on the directory, video, photos of your work, link to your website. It's going to be amazing. We're working with great partners to provide opportunities and we hope you'll come along for the journey and be a part of our online directory. Um, if you apply for that, the deadline is May 1st. Um, if you're looking to apply for Baltimore, the deadline is July 15th. But don't wait to the last minute. Make sure you go online today to look up the application details. If you have any questions, we have great staff and resources to support you, as I mentioned. So just shoot us an email, reach out. We're happy to help with anything you might need. So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Kiona Tramby for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around Baltimore and abroad. You just got to look for it. 